0: Welcome. Welcome.
1: Hi, everybody. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'd just like to note that this is like the second time in a row that I've managed to not talk.
0: during. I know <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was very excited because well, actually, I wasn't because it's kind of fun to make fun of you when you talk <laughs> during the intro. But
1: well, I kind of talk a lot anyway. So I what the heck?
0: You know, I sit over here and push the button for the <laughs> intro. So I know when not to talk. Right. It still makes me feel better when I can make fun of you for something. And I want to point out to all of our listener. That before we went Thanks, on Mom. the air today, that Stephanie had acknowledged that I was right about something. I did. And that is one. I have one in 40 100%. plus hundred percent.
1: And not one. only is he right, he's a hundred percent right.
0: And that's one in 40 plus years of friendship. <laughs> I just, this is a great, great <laughs> moment for me. I was actually just planning on going home and going to bed and being done with the day. Right, he but just called it. Then I thought, well, no, we've got, got this show to do. So, um, also I have to, I have to chuckle because we're. We've gotten pretty good at recording, but I haven't gotten so good at editing and <laughs> broadcasting, so I'm going to drop like 73 episodes at once.
1: Ooh, it's an embarrassment of riches. So what uh, have you been up to lately?
0: Oh, I don't know. Summer's here finally. Summer weather, not summer, the season. Um, then that just made me think of that 70s song.
1: We had joy, we had fun, we, we had seasons had, in the sun.
0: Yes, which was a, actually a terrible... Backstory to that, so I don't remember. I don't know. That. It's
1: Terry Jacks, and yeah. people hate it, and I quite love it. I know, yeah,
0: I know. but there's like some darker, yeah, I think backstory it's, to it. I'm
1: sure, like most things, there's something horrible it's, behind well, it. Well, it's not
0: like Afternoon Delight. I mean, who doesn't? Fair. Who, who doesn't like a little daytime romp in the hay? That's right,
1: <laughs> like Afternoon Delight.
0: Uh, That's an
1: underrated song, and people hate it too. I don't understand that. I
0: I don't either. I don't. Uh, there's a lot of things I don't understand. I don't understand why we shoot at each other either, but there's that. So we'll, right. s- we'll save that for another day. Um, how That's has, another Donahue episode. That has, has, that, and a, that just dated me like big time. <laughs> I have to date me because clearly no one else <laughs> will.
1: <laughs> so what have you been up to lately?
0: Oh, I have not been up to much. I, uh, I, have, I really haven't. I've been working a mm-hmm, lot. Mm-hmm. And I did finally get the weeds in my yard sprayed, so I'm no longer the okay. bane of the neighborhood. Good. And other than that, no, I don't have anything exciting going on.
1: I've had enough excitement for both of us. Oh, good. The boys home from uh, the Man cub has returned. Outstanding. Is he going to get a job this summer? He's working on it. He has some supplemental income set up.
0: Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah, so
1: he's got to find something supplemental, though, because I don't think it's going to be enough to carry him through the summer.
0: Right. Oh Well, that's awesome, though.
1: He's uh, looking for another source of income, and... We had our house guest moved. We had uh, Mother's Day, which I got tickets to see Ann Wilson from Heart, and I am bouncing off the walls, excited. That is
0: exciting. Where is she performing at? The Uptown. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, oh, one of those. Those I like those venues.
1: Mid-sized venue. Yeah,
0: and and the people that are there are. I mean, these are diehards. These are these are great fans. I had um, years ago. I had gotten tickets to Shine Down. Mm-hmm. And they were going to be at the Uptown. This was before they had gone super big. Mm-hmm. And and I was so excited because I hadn't been to a concert since probably the Jackson 5. <laughs> that was like <laughs> 1984. Yes, be- it was. Because, well, as, as it's well documented. I don't like people. So Fair. there's that. No, I'm just kidding. I like people just fine. I don't like large crowds. Right. And a lot. so I was really excited about it. But then the lead singer had developed polyps or something, something vocally related. And and he's since been fine. And I'm happy about that. But by the nudes. time, yeah, nudes, by the time it came back around, they were in a much larger venue. And I'm like, yeah, I'm tapping out.
1: No, thank you. So
0: <laughs> I still love Shine Down, though. But.
1: So I have tickets for that. I have tickets for um, Stevie Nicks and Billy Joel in August. And Where I are t- they at? Arrowhead. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But I figure uh,
0: Arrowhead in August—that should be delightful. Right.
1: But I figure TikTok on both of them, so.
0: Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just being realistic
1: because Christy McVie died not too long ago, so some of Fleetwood Mac isn't around anymore. Fair enough. And then I started talking to your son about going to see um, Chris Stapleton. Oh, yeah. Tennessee whiskey guy. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was here in Kansas City. It turns out it's in Wichita. And Wichita's pretty proud of them seats.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And so then I thought, well, let me just see how much a box costs.
0: (laughs) Okay. She is now on the floor laughing. She is. (laughs) How much a box costs. Okay, because the seats weren't bad enough. I'm sure the box is completely realistic.
1: I mean, if we took all the kids, you know, and just kind of made like a whole little road trip down there. If everybody split amongst ourselves, it couldn't be that bad.
0: Couldn't be more than $500 each.
1: In fact, it could be that bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I do hate it when reality comes crashing onto my face.
1: But Travis liked him so much that I wanted to somehow make this happen. And uh,
0: Travis liked Tennessee Whiskey. Right. I don't know that Travis was a, a otherwise big Chris Stapleton fan. Um, Travis, like his brother, it really enjoyed a lot of different genres of music. Mm-hmm. Also, like his brother, they knew the lyrics to every song <laughs> ever made, ever, right. even the ones that haven't come out yet. So- <laughs> It's just the craziest thing. Yeah,
1: But I was trying to make that happen and alas, alack.
0: <laughs> then we woke up and realized we're not podcast rich yet. Right. We're working on it.
1: I don't have any of that sweet, sweet podcast money yet.
0: <laughs> but people should feel free to send us some.
1: Yeah, so before we get started, is there any like hot topic that's grinding your gears that you want to talk about? No. I have one. Okay. Okay. Kids, we're coming up on wedding season. I'm going to remind you not to wear white, especially a white dress, to a wedding because it is tacky, it is unnecessary, it is uncalled for, and it takes attention away from the bride. Thank you.
0: Okay, that's a public service message. That's a public service (laughs) message.
1: But you see, like, every once in a while on the internet, there's like... My mother-in-law wore a wedding dress to our wedding, and these bitches will show up in a full-on wedding dress. It is the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen.
0: I know, but it it should be embarrassing to the person doing it. Also, can I just say... it? Oh, it is. Because you brought this up, it's also tacky to propose to your...
1: Oh, no, 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 no. no, To propose
0: to your fiancé, to your boyfriend or girlfriend at somebody else's wedding.
1: Unless the other party has signed off on it, it is in the poorest of taste. And and, and I'm sorry,
0: there should not even be that. You shouldn't even ask that question. Also, that's not the time to talk about you're pregnant. That's Mm -hmm. it's a great time to talk about you're getting divorced, I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, circle of life, couple together, couple torn apart, no? Um, But yeah, no, don't do that. You don't do that at the wedding rehearsal dinner. You don't do that at the the wedding venue. You don't do that at the reception. You just don't do that. And also, while we're on the subject, brides, dial it back to about a seven for the love of God.
1: In reference to?
0: How some of them behave.
1: Oh, yeah. I was...
0: I I read the same BuzzFeed list that you Right. I was so... And I do like to read those and feel better about myself as a human being, but... There was
1: absolutely zero issues that I got upset about, you know, like, really genuinely upset about. Except for when we mailed our invitations a bunch of them got caught in the mechanism of the mail sampler thing and people were getting them and it looked like they'd been run over by a car <laughs> <laughs> and some of them got them in like a plastic bag
0: great you have one job
1: right and i was i was disappointed about that but it's not like i went to the post office and just like demanded to talk to the manager or anything <laughs> i was just sad that Because then what ended up happening was I wasn't sure if everyone we invited got their invitations. So I had to call people.
0: Oh, my God. And
1: be like, hey, I was able to kind of pinpoint it like where I thought alphabetically it was because I did all of them by like in alphabetical order. Right. But I still ended up calling a bunch of people and it was... It was less than ideal, but that's ridiculous. In the overall scheme of things, it was perfectly wonderful, and I never acted like a snotty brat.
0: Yeah, but some of these brides that you read about that make all these demands on their wedding party, and, you know, you will not do this, and you will do this. There'll Uh be
1: weigh-ins. I'm like, (laughs) fuck off.
0: (laughs) Prepare to be disappointed.
1: (laughs) Prepare to be disappointed like I am every time I step on the scale.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I, that, that, of course, reminds me of the Bloom County. Oh, I know I put on weight. I know I put on weight. Nope, except on the scale. I'm dying. Oh, <laughs> lost 10 pounds. Oh, must be cancer. It must be cancer. <laughs> oh, I watched, a, uh, I watched an excellent documentary this week. I'd read about it over the weekend, and it's on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. It's called Still. It is a documentary about Michael J. Fox and his mm. battle with Parkinson's.
1: I had seen that, and I wanted to watch it.
0: It. Is very good. It that is be... very good.
1: I know that's going to be upsetting to me because when he came out and said he had Parkinson's, I was like, oh no.
0: So at 29, he was diagnosed at 29. He's I think 62 now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, you want to talk about somebody who um, who really knows how to fight? That was just incredible. But it was a, a great, great, great. I didn't even
1: know people could get diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. I own. Yeah.
0: I, I, I didn't, you know? Well, I just
1: think of it as like 60s, 70s kind of thing.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. I'm sorry. And you said at that age. Is that what you meant? No,
1: I I said that young.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that young. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I misunderstood what you were saying. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think for the longest time, um, there wasn't a diagnosis. You know, it was just diagnosed as tremors. Mm. And, and then as time went on, being able to identify it. And one of the things, too, um, – that is incredibly frustrating for me, and we can talk about this some other time, is the fact that it's 2023 and we still can't cure anything. Wow, that just seems really odd to me. Well, We seem to be okay with the 1000 or $2,000 a month drug regimen to manage right. some of these chronic conditions.
1: There's no money in a cure. I know,
0: I know. So, all right, well, let's move on.
1: And maybe if we'd spend every legislative session doing something other-
0: than then, worrying about your uterus?
1: <laughs> worrying about my uterus. <laughs> Perhaps other things could get done. But again, uh, that would that's a topic for another time. Well,
0: it is. But also, then, if we're going to do that, we have to talk realistically about campaign finance reform.
1: Well, yeah. I'm all for that. Oh,
0: I am too. But it's going to have to be a constitutional reform, and I don't see that happening. No. Can't get five people to agree that eggs are good for breakfast. I know. So, <laughs> All right. What are we talking about today? You picked the topic two times in a row.
1: I did. I'm really engaged, kids. So I picked giving a nod to the people that have exposed the troubled teen industry.
0: Excellent. And so. Okay, that's I, it. Thanks. Thanks okay. for listening. And that's with you, the music. It's a good joke. Um, you had mentioned that as a topic to me and I, and I thought maybe I knew what it was you were referring Mm -hmm. to and, and you confirmed it. And then as I started to do some research, I had, I really had no idea the, the quantity of people who have come forward. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's, it's just another one of those things where we've let down our kids. Again, maybe if we'd worry about them both in and out of your uterus, that'd be great. Right.
1: And I think that I, I, this came up sort of organically from a situation I found myself in, not involving my children, although I did used to threaten my sons with boarding school. And then I found out that the one I was going to, military school, when I found, remember the one they Whitworth? used to, yes, <laughs> yes <it closed. laughs> and then it closed and I was like, <laughs> damn, it. but jokingly threatened him with military school. But um, I, I had no idea how expansive this was right how many kids are impacted by this and sort of that they that th- this is from the national youth rights association they also wrap gay conversion therapy into this troubled teen industry
0: seems reasonable
1: which is a horrible uh,
0: anyway how many states outlaw that Let's look. Well, you are going, let's let's see, because we've yeah. got Florida worried about a whole lot of stuff. I wonder if they're worried about that. Right.
1: And uh, these troubled teen industry places, I guess, services, claim to fix anything that a parent thinks is a problem, like being disrespectful, staying out late, entitlement, playing too many video games, or drug
0: use. Okay. Can we not handle just some of that through what I like to call parenting?
1: Right. Now I know that there are situations where kids get out of control and maybe the parents aren't equipped with all the tools in their toolbox to kind of handle that situation. But this is like a predatory industry that has leached onto this market and is exploiting it as as much as humanly possible. Um, Again, from the National Youth Rights Association, they say that discipline interventions like these programs, like wilderness camps, wilderness therapy, boot camps, et cetera, have been calculated to increase recidivism by as much as 8%, 8% compared with counseling intervention, which decreases recidivism by approximately 13%. So it's almost like screaming at people. <laughs> And treating them like they're in prison right. is a bad idea. Really?
0: That's, that has an unusually poor outcome. I'm surprised. Right.
1: The main takeaway from this particular section of this article is that they use tactics that have been found to be like against the Geneva Convention kind of thing, like solitary confinement and the extreme isolation and daily abuse of these children statistically raise the chance of reoffending. And it's also infamous for causing lifelong emotional damage. And there are a number of podcasts, documentaries, YouTube channels that talk about these kids that, that went through one of these programs and that they are still suffering from the, from the effects of it today. Um, these places generally rely on food and sleep deprivation, vigorous labor, verbal and physical abuse, and humiliation. In more extreme cases, young people have experienced solitary confinement, sexual abuse, and have even been killed. Yet the industry generates $1.2 billion a year while doing it.
0: Well, fantastic. Um, So you had mentioned gay conversion therapy. 21 states and the District of Columbia have outlawed um, gay conversion. Not a tremendous number around us have outlawed it, Except for the state of Florida, which does have a law that prohibits local level bans on conversion therapy. Right.
1: Uh, but what?
0: Yes. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, this would be, uh, th- these would be state legislators who complain about federal interference in state affairs, but they have no problem interfering in local affairs. Right. So, and super. I think it would also be best to not have affairs, but I may be, <laughs> I may be, maybe mixing my ponderables.
1: It's an affair of the heart.
0: And, and so when we look at this, I, I can't help. But feel like in some instances, the foster care system itself is a troubled youth program. Exactly. Because there are instances where we have what may be referred to as an out-of-control teenager, and it turns into a foster care case. Mm-hmm. And a, a statistic that absolutely astonished me is, is is that currently only about 50% of kids in foster care actually graduate high school And fewer than 3% go on to college. And these are kids who, at least in our state, if they haven't achieved permanency by age 16, they get a free college education. But we're also one of the states that doesn't have a youth reentry program into the foster care system if somebody finds that, hey, I I can't do this on my own. Right. So it, it just, again, it seems like our legislatures across the across the country are maybe working from the bottom of the complaint box.
1: Exactly. So there were so many different things that I found about troubled teens like so many different avenues to go with this that I kind of listened to no, I didn't kind of. I actually did listen to an episode of a t- of a podcast called Time Suck and they focused on sort of the roots uh, the genesis of where all of this boot camp business comes from, and it's basically modeled off of this school called the Ilan School, which took its um, its methodology, I guess would be the right way to say it, from a group called Synanon, like synonym only Synanon.
0: Okay,
1: that was started by this man named Charles Dietrich. It was it was originally Um, focused on heroin users to substance use disorder, people who suffered with substance use disorder that was heroin. And they were able to help them stop using heroin, using isolation, um, intimidation, hard hard labor, and physical abuse by a person who had absolutely no training in any... Substance use disorder, uh, treatment, psychology, anything.
0: Oh, well, that couldn't result in any long-term damage, could it?
1: No, no. It's almost like we should let experts or people that study things handle things.
0: (laughs) It's crazy talk. (laughs) So
1: um, this synonym was developed by this Charles Dietrich guy and uh, started to get some attention And they eventually opened it up to people who were not suffering with substance abuse disorder um, issues. And that is where in my notes I have, it goes from helping people with uh, substance abuse disorder. And then there's an arrow and it says cult. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> because this teacher guy was very flam I shouldn't say flamboyant. He was very popular with reporters. He was engaging. He was charming. He was able to, uh, get a lot of attention. And time magazine actually did a story on him. And he claimed that he had an 80% success rate.
0: Oh, come on.
1: Well, people can claim anything. Right. <laughs> exactly.
0: And I only weigh 190 pounds.
1: Right. And, uh, one of the more interesting things I found out about found out is that Charles Dietrich is credited with the phrase today is the first day of the rest of your life. So that's where that comes from.
0: You've got to be kidding me. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
1: So it within 10 years of him starting this, they had like $2.5 million in assets. They were, um, a nonprofit, he tried to get religious status. You know, cuz that worked out so well for Elron Hubbard. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh shoot, I'm not
0: I wasn't laughing.
1: No, don't laugh. Those guys will come get us. Um so in 1974 they sought religious status with Dietrich as their leader and it was originally a nonviolent group, but Dietrich created this in quotation mark, the Imperial Marines to maintain order within an ins- within and outside of their community because part of this therapy was that they lived in these Synanon communes. So no, no recipe for a cult here. Just just stick with me. Right. So (laughs) in these compounds, members were brainwashed, mentally tortured and barred from leaving the community. Escaped members. Were subject to beatings, and one former member was beaten almost to the point of death when he was uh, when his skull was fractured. Oh wow! Yeah, that was in 1977. In 1978, now to give some background, the mid 70s to late 70s was sort of like cult o'clock clock in America. Right. That was.
0: Oh yeah, Jim Jones. Jim Jones,
1: the people. What was it called? The People's Temple. Was that his thing? Yeah. The Moonies the Sunnies, like there was several different cults that were operating at that point in time. And so there was an attorney in October of 1978 named Paul Morantz, and he was working with former members of Synanon and their families to escape the cult. Well, he was attacked because two members of the Imperial Marines placed de-rattled rattlesnakes into his mailbox. Wow. Right. So he did survive the inevitable attack.
0: I am never checking <laughs> my mailbox again. And I need a box of scorpions.
1: Right. For a Big fight. ones. <laughs> Sign it, Queen Victoria. No. <laughs>
0: um, That'll be on a different podcast. He, he did
1: survive the... Um, the inevitable rattlesnake bites, but he sustained uh, long-lasting injuries when, because of the the venom from the mm. rattlesnakes. Mm-hmm. So, this becomes sort of the model of how these not so legitimate places are handling their therapeutic, and I'm making big air quotes therapeutic methodologies. So they did this thing called the game, and I'm going to describe the game to you. Capital T, capital G, the game. Let me describe it to you. You tell me if at any point in time it rings, like makes something in your head kind of like rings a bell. So this was like 1970s psychotherapy program, called the game. There were two players that would sit across from one another. They would have two grids. Okay? Battleship? <laughs> I didn't even get to tell the rest of it. <laughs> yes. Listen to this and tell me that this isn't the worst game of Battleship ever. So you would have two grids. On one grid, you would have your opponent's shit listed on the other grid you would have your shit listed like plotted out on access points okay you would have to list five different types of shit like i am messy i don't i don't take out the trash often enough, whatever your issues were and so then your opponent would call out a number and if they got if it was a hit or a miss if it was a miss they had to forfeit their turn but if it was a hit you said you just made me deal with my shit. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> I can't believe Milton Bradley didn't pick that up.
1: And then basically they'd be verbally abused about oh. their shit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: Oh oh my gosh, what the hell's wrong with people?
1: Right, so this was the model for this Elan school, and then the Elan school sort of reached reached out, branched out into all of these other horrible offshoots of these troubled teen centers that you could take your kid to. Um, Some of them you actually, they would be escorted by someone who would come and pick them up. Like, say, I lived in Florida, and I was sending my kid to this place in Utah. Well, they would come and pick them up and handcuff them and take them to this facility.
0: And this is, no one thought this, that in and of itself could cause lasting mental health issues.
1: No, no. Okay. That didn't seem like anybody was all that concerned about that. Oh, weird. Right. I don't know why you would be. I remember when we were kids, they would do this thing like, My friend Robin was a cheerleader. So they were like, they were going to kidnap the cheerleaders when they made the cheerleading squad. And they would come over and like take them away to their whatever happy cheerleader making ceremony. But I remember the skulls. (laughs) Yes. Even as a kid, I remember thinking, you know, that could get out of hand
0: in a hurry
1: real quick. And somebody could get hurt very, very badly and unintentionally. So this is where the modeling of all of these troubled teen industry things come from. They rely on the unproven and possibly illegal under, you know, international law (laughs) (laughs) practices of isolation, intimidation, hard labor and physical abuse. They don't offer any, the majority of people that work there are not licensed in any capacity. And when things get bad, I'm
0: just gonna have to say. I mean, when you hire people with credentials, it costs a lot more,
1: generally. Um, but they had, um, they're not regulated, there's no training.
0: Uh, well, okay, and and again, that's why you hire people without credentials because people with credentials have licenses, licenses have. Requirements. They have ethical components. There's a mechanism for reporting abuse. There's a mechanism for reporting uh, unethical behavior, mm-hmm. and there are consequences. Right. So the, you're telling me these facilities hire people and call them counselors.
1: Yes, and give them some. What do you? How do you say that? Like hold them out as having some special set of skills that makes this that that will.
0: I was a drug addict, I was right. a troubled teen. Or
1: give legitimacy to the operation so that parents will be willing to fork over this money and but, put and their
0: kids there. Even at that point, though, who are these people willing to fork over that money? What um, I mean, what group of people says, oh, well, my kid's doing, my kid's playing too many video games, my kid doesn't listen to me, backtalks me, so I'm going to Box them up and, and ship them back to the factory?
1: Right. So I'm going to let somebody come and take them with handcuffs and put them on a plane. and
0: Because I'm going to teach them a lesson. Right. Okay.
1: And a lot of this, and we can like kind of dissect this, is a lot of this is based on what is termed narcissistic parenting, I think. Maybe I'm not using the right words, but... This notion, like now that people talk about gentle parenting and how, you know, you can talk people through anything, a large portion of people our age were spanked or yelled at or any of those choices. And people are finding out that that is not actually that effective.
0: I know, weird. Right. I'm just going to beat the behavior out of you.
1: Right, because in all of those scenarios, spanking, um, humiliation, food deprivation, just horrible things that go on in these places, none of those actions teach the child or teen helpful skills to help regulate their behavior, which is what is necessary In these scenarios, when people are acting out, you know, regardless of what it is, back talking, you know, skipping school, whatever, whatever, whatever. But what they're doing is they're just forcing people to comply with whatever the rules are. And that's exactly what jails do. There's there's no educational component, behavioral component to any of these places. It's just punishment, punishment, punishment.
0: So... I. I, I couple of statistics to throw out. There's an estimated 120,000 to 200,000 kids that are a part of this system. Of those kids, there is a 4.6 times higher rate of suicide attempts than uh, kids who are not in, in a troubled teen facility. And looking at kids who are in foster care, they are two and a half times more likely than kids who were never a part of the foster care system and four times more likely to attempt suicide. So two and a half times more likely to contemplate it, four times more likely to attempt. And the there's just a growing body of research that suggests the link between trauma, trauma and increased risk. Uh, when you look at it from the outside looking in, you think, well, gosh, yeah, that seems realistic. That, that seems like there should be a link there. Mm-hmm. But Undoing that, undoing the trauma, Mm -hmm. uh, really a lack of resources, a lack of trauma informed trained therapists. Um, You have therapists who, like in any profession, certainly in ours as well, who maybe venture into areas that they shouldn't Mm -hmm. or they want to try something different and cause way more damage. So I, I just wanted to throw a couple of those statistics out because those have, I mean, that's a real impact. Mm-hmm. and we can talk also about the, the number of kids in foster care who end up in the juvenile or adult correctional program.
1: Right, uh, which also does not offer or teach any helpful skills to help them regulate their behavior.
0: Right, and we've talked about the, we've talked about the foster care system and this alleged, um, this alleged program of going from youth to successful adulthood on your own through independent living. And, and the very first question, well, what do you think you need to be a successful adult? I, I don't, don't know. I've know. never been one.
1: Right. How are these things still able to go on? They're, they are usually in states that do not have any regulation on this industry, like Montana, Utah, Idaho. And when they're shut down, like there's one in Utah that was, um, there's a lot of massive lawsuit because a child's hurt. Um they just close down, pick up sticks, stakes, sticks, pull stakes, pull stakes, and move someplace else. And now they're in Missouri. Oh, great! At Lake of the Ozarks, and a large number of those counselors that were at this facility that's being sued are at the one in Missouri, being held out again as experts. Experts and able to deal with all of these issues that kids have.
0: So what do we do? How do we bring light to this? How do you drive change?
1: Well, first of all, I think maybe if we spent a little less time taking our issues from the bottom of the complaint barrel, basket, box, and maybe looked at situations where there's a real need for regulation, there's a real need for legislators to step in and say, you can't operate these facilities unless there are licensed by this state or another state you know some regulatory oversight
0: I'm, I'm sorry who's the lobbyist for that who's taking the legislator out to dinner to talk about that who is who probably is, no one who is coordinating the fundraiser for the legislator who's going to champion that oh wait no one is right.
1: Wouldn't it be wild if we just did things because it was the right thing to do?
0: (laughs) Right. Well, here in our own state, a legislator did the thing that was right and was immediately removed from his chairmanship of a committee as punishment by his party leader. Mm -hmm. Because, oh, oh, wait, God forbid, he had an independent thought.
1: Right. But I'm sure that in the $1.2 billion generated by the troubled teen industry, there's plenty of money to go around to take the legislators out and let them know there's no problem.
0: No need to look here. Nothing to
1: see here, kids. Right. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain.
0: Nothing says look here like telling me there's nothing to see. Right. So.
1: I feel like, maybe you're telling on yourself. <laughs> I, there was so much information on this, and I was trying to disgorge all of it at once, and I'm sorry, listener, if it was...
0: <laughs> I'm right here. Mom,
1: if it was <laughs> disjointed, I have a lot of passion about this because I can see well-meaning parents overwhelmed don't know what to do they think that they found the solution because maybe that's how they were disciplined when they were younger and they think that this is what's going to fix their kid and then their kid ends up dead
0: well or or hurt just the overall lack of resources you know Uh you you the schools are i think way too quick to suspend and expel I, I think they are way too quick to demonstrate a lack of interest in what a child has to say or a parent has to say in their own behavioral defense. There was a, an article that I read over the weekend um, talking about truancy among teens. And the, the, it was a USA Today article titled, Students Are Increasingly Refusing to Go to School, It's Becoming a Mental Health Crisis. And, and, and I, I kind of looked at that a little bit sideways because I'm like, no, no. There is a mental health crisis, and it's resulting in kids increasingly missing school. Exactly. And that's really the intent. That's really the crux of the article. But the Mm -hmm. headline, I think, is is wrong. Mm -hmm. Because frequently, when you look at a truancy case, it's like looking at a dirty house case. A dirty house case is never about just the dirty house. Right. It's about how you got there. Mm -hmm. And truancy is about how you got there. And, you know, the, the frustrating part is, is is that, you know, you get to the end of the school year and you get this flood of truancy cases. Well, there isn't jack I can do about that over right. the summer.
1: There's three days left of school. What do you want me to do?
0: Right. So we're going to implement a consequence that's nowhere in relation to the behavior that we're trying to modify. And then surprisingly, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And in some instances, yeah, there, it was situational. There was a death in the family or there was some other thing. How did we get here? If there was a death in the family, why are we not taking more effort to reach out? Why aren't we undertaking efforts to go to the home when we have a child who is not going to school? Mm-hmm. And, and in some instances, schools are, and in some instances, they are um, expending a lot of resources, but they just don't have enough resources. The frontline defense for kids is school. Mm-hmm. When they stop showing up, that has got to be a red flag, Mm -hmm. because particularly for kids who are operating in the margins, families that are operating in the margins that are food insecure, that are housing insecure, these are the kids who like to go to school, right? Because it's it's warm, there's food, Mm -hmm. they're not getting beaten, they're not getting perped on. There's toilet paper, right? uh, You know, there's running water, Mm -hmm. Um, I, I all sorts of things. It's frustrating because we talk about how our kids are our future, how our kids are our national treasure, but I, we treat our future and our national treasure pretty poorly. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why we are not dumping billions of dollars into improving conditions for children. And we can, we can bitch and moan about educational funding all we want to. It's a, it, it's, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, in some instances, it's a bit of a black box. Um, and, and, and I'm certainly, I tend to fall on the side of maybe if we didn't have 15 assistant superintendents, we could hire some more (laughs) teachers or, you know, maybe maybe
1: some qualified mental health professionals, right
0: maybe put more resource into the classroom. Um, but maybe
1: if we didn't have an entire industry, maybe this will be our next topic of, uh, people who make standardized tests who then lobby people to make the kids take more standardized tests. Right. Maybe if we didn't have to teach to some bullshit test that doesn't really do anything except sustain right. an industry of standardized testing, we right. could help children. But
0: also, maybe if we weren't so quick to say, oh, your little Johnny, we think he has ADD and you really ought to get him on some medication. Stay in your lane mm-hmm. and understand that a lot of times kids who are highly creative, kids who are very artistic, these are kids who have a tendency to kind of have the racing brain. Mm-hmm. And if what you want to do is drug them up and slow them down, you're doing a huge, huge disservice to that child. Right. So uh, there are so many areas where we could stand to make improvements here, but the worst part is we have to want to.
1: Right. And the people who make the laws have to want to.
0: Right. And that's just not sexy Mm-mm. because that doesn't draw a whole lot of people in. Uh, that doesn't get me uh, that doesn't get me a lobbyist's ear, but you know, making sure that, um, that I can charge whatever I want to for my prescription drugs, make sure that we can uh, argue back and forth on partisan bickering and you, know, have our soundbite played on the news. I, I don't understand. I don't understand what we're about anymore. I don't either. And, and it is extremely frustrating. Because at the end of it, at the end of it all, we have one fidelity, and that should be to our children. Mm-hmm. And when I see what happens to some of these kids when they are dragged through the system, I have no patience for the chest pounding about what other people should be doing. Mm-hmm. Look in your own backyard. Exactly. Fix what's happening with your kids. Fix your foster care system. Put real money into it. Do something to stem the foster care to prison pipeline.
1: So there's a couple reasons why I wanted to come back to why I chose this topic. Because we've talked a lot about foster care. And I think that this is just hand in hand. Like, foster kids... Maybe other kids whose parents don't have lots of resources. This ends up being kids whose parents do have resources because they send them away to these places. But it, it, topically the the lack of result, I guess, and and the methods are kind of the same. We're we're not doing what we needed to do. And I was also thinking about what you talked about with the drugs. Like, let's drug them up because it'll be more convenient for me that I won't have to deal with you Just know
0: makes them easier to catch, right.
1: So I don't have to deal with this kid. i have watching, <laughs> there's something called Pluto TV and it has just TV running constantly. Um, they have Jeopardy episodes on back to back to back to back. That
0: sounds great for me, who is attention impaired
1: himself. Right. <laughs> yes, I have. Uh, I am not neurotypical. And I was watching Jeopardy and I thought, I bet like 90% of the people who do well on Jeopardy are not neurotypical, and if we keep this notion of if our primary like goal is warehousing kids for our convenience, we're gonna miss out on so much creativity and beautiful concepts and art and everything that people who aren't neurotypical can generate. If we're not like basically giving them kitty thorazine to keep them keep them quiet. Thorazine <laughs> got <the> <laughs> thorazine <laughs> shuffle over there. <laughs> So that's why that's why I brought this topic
0: up. No, I I agree and um <laughs> I don't know. I you look at you look at degenerative neurological diseases and the fact that we can't seem to improve or cure anything. You look at various types of cancer and we can't seem to cure anything. You look at at uh, viral strains and we can't seem to cure anything. We're really good at treating it. We're really good at throwing drugs at it. We have, Mm -hmm. we can't cure AIDS, but we can now make it to where it's undetectable Mm -hmm. and thus not transmittable.
1: But you have to have like 87 different drug cocktail.
0: Well, now you can do it with less, but what does it cost?
1: Um, a lot of money right
0: and 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 so uh, just, I, I again i'm not quite sure how to fix it i i've got some ideas but to me i always fall back to campaign finance reform that yeah. until you can get big money and i mean big money out of the picture and and you know, put the funding back onto the individual, mm-hmm. you you're not gonna have a voice. Right,
1: because Citizens United is in fact the worst Supreme Court case ever decided.
0: Right. And um and, and, and now it's it's gonna come back and haunt some people because, well, Walt Disney says we're a person and you have violated our First Amendment rights under the color of law.
1: Right. I won't believe that corporations are people until Texas executes one. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't come up with that. That's like a well-stolen meme.
0: Oh my gosh. That's funny.
1: So thank you for indulging me on that topic and the history of it because all of this is, like the entire troubled teen industry is modeled by a guy who stole his idea from fucking Battleship.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed Battleship.
1: I liked Battleship too. I didn't consider it cognitive behavioral therapy. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: and and you know, again, when we get back to the mental health services and and just a basic understanding of behaviors and, and you know, any behavioral psychologist worth their salt is going to tell you that if you want to modify behavior, whatever action you're taking has to be in proximity to the behavior that you're modifying. Mm-hmm. And if it isn't, its effectiveness diminishes the further away from it you get. Mm-hmm. And so to say, well, my kid did this and they keep doing this. So I, you know, a week later, a month later, six months later, I had them handcuffed at four o'clock on a Sunday morning and thrown into the back of a van. I think you're probably not addressing the behaviors you think you are.
1: Yeah. And you're creating a whole host. Of other issues right. that you will be dealing
0: with. Right, absolutely. And apparently, you know, some of these facilities are just an open door for pedophiles, yes. an open door for abusers, and there's very little recourse because, again, they're not licensed.
1: Right. They talked about at one of these facilities, there would be cuddle puddles where everybody would... Like, because during regular, like, waking hours, nobody could touch anybody else, right? Okay. So they would have these cuddle puddles and they would... Like all be in a pile in the common room, of like touching each other. Oh, I'm
0: out. <laughs> no touching. No touching. Touching each
1: other, scratching each other's backs, spooning with each other, and oftentimes the forty to fifty year old men counselors were.
0: We're going to use that term loosely.
1: Yeah, counselors with like lots of air quotes and a shitty smile on my face were involved in these cuddle puddles mm-hmm. as well. Shocking, right? Now it seems to me that 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 people have been very concerned about pedophiles, right? And that they they want all these pedophiles that supposedly exist,
0: right? Right?
1: In, in the ephemerary, like,
0: and the state of Florida wants to execute pedophiles, right? And and again. I, it, I'm largely okay with that, but there's there's some other issues with that. Right, well settled Supreme Court
1: law that you can't do that.
0: But but also you know the fact that we're also not really good at making sure the person we found guilty was in fact guilty. So there's that. Oopsie. (laughs) Right. Can we undead that person from 20 years ago? Nope. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Really sorry about that. Yeah. Um. But there are concrete like not specious allegations just floating around there are concrete examples of this taking place. Right. And yet nobody in power is regulating it.
0: It's not in front of anybody. It's, it's not at the forefront. And you know, I I, I'll tell you, you know, I've, I've had the support of a legislator in our state to try and get a youth reentry bill passed. We're on year three still hasn't happened
1: it can't get out of committee.
0: Right. Because, oh, well, you know, we've scored it, and, and they, they say it's going to cost $8 million. Okay, that sounds like a boondoggle. How is it going to cost $8 million? And even if it does, you put a dollar amount to say it's going to cost this much money because this many kids are going to come back in. Mm-hmm. I would be more concerned about passing it because you said that the cost was going to be $3. Oh, well, clearly there isn't a need.
1: Right, because that demonstrates that there isn't a need for this program if there's no need for funding
0: right right and and eight million dollars might not be right it might be two or four million but it wasn't more than eight regardless by the way in our state we have a two billion dollar um budget surplus right now i think eight million dollars is a couple of days worth of interest on that well not at my bank but at some bank (laughs)
1: what's interest (laughs)
0: Oh, it's what I pay on my credit card. (laughs) Oh, yes. It's
1: 176%. (laughs) I get statements. It's like, your interest accrued this month is two cents. (laughs) I'm so excited. Thank you. (laughs) I am
0: going to report that on my taxes.
1: Thank you. I'm noting that for the appropriate agencies.
0: Yes. My net worth has increased dramatically.
1: Okay. So I do want to take some time to, before we go, to acknowledge my sources It came from virtualhistorywestport.com, TimeSuck, the National Youth Sorry about that. The National Youth Rights Association and Wikipedia.
0: You know, kids, let me just say not a great place to end, an excellent place to start. Right. um, And
1: if you are concerned about what is allowed in terms of troubled teen industry in your state, uh, do a little research. We'll link the National Youth Rights Association website in the show notes. And if you're concerned about it, reach out to your representatives.
0: Absolutely. And unfortunately for many of you, your legislatures have adjourned for the year. But that doesn't mean that you can't reach out to a legislator, to a state representative or a state senator. These people work hard. And I I do want to acknowledge that. There are many, many, many of them who... Though they're in session for five months, they are 12-month legislators, and they will work hard. There are a lot of them. But um, like Stephanie, I want to acknowledge my uh, resources as well, Movement and Advancement Project, BEAM UP, um, and the Texas Alliance of Children and Family Services, as well as the National Prevalent... I'm sorry, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. (laughs) Read the wrong wrong line.
1: Oh, (laughs) and if you're interested about specifically this... Synanon uh, organization. Uh, there's documentary being worked on right now from Rory Kennedy, uh, most famous for having a wedding that ended up with John F. Kennedy Jr. dead. He was flying oh, to her that's wedding. That's he was flying yeah. to. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She's one of Can, RFK's kids. Okay.
0: Can you not say it like it's her fault?
1: <laughs> no, I actually <laughs> feel really bad for her. Her dad died, then her cousin died on the way to her wedding. But oh, right. she's a Kennedy, so... Yeah,
0: I mean, again, again, <laughs> oh, though.
1: And I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about the Amish. Now I have to cut this out. Yes, you're going to have to cut this out, but I, I wanted to tell you before I forgot. And they're like, well, who fucking cares? The Amish aren't going to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> the Amish, as a collective, should just like...
0: Get a better it. lobbyist. <laughs> right?
1: The entire world is talking about you behind your back, Amish.
0: I don't understand why they seem like a perfectly nice people They seem like lovely people. You get married, you get a barn. I remember when
1: that guy broke into the Amish school and like killed those girls.
0: Oh no, I don't.
1: Yeah. It was like in the early two thousands and the women whose children had been shot, went to his wife's like to comfort his wife and I was like,
0: "Oh, you are a much bigger person than me! <laughs> wow,
1: that's a level of Christianity that I you don't see every day, <laughs>
0: with which I am unfamiliar. <laughs>
1: right? Which I could only aspire oh, to. Which my I could goodness. only aspire. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and and you know, and they
1: uh, sat with her during. He oh killed him. God. He died by suicide. Oh, and they well, sat with her. I mean, that's fine. No, they no, sat with no. her during his funeral.
0: Wow." Wow! 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 Well, the, the the really most exposure I've had to the Amish community was watching Witness with Harrison Ford, <laughs> which great is movie. one of my all time favorite. <laughs> it's movies. It's a great movie. So visually
1: stunning <laughs> when they raise the barn.
0: Yes. Oh, absolutely. It is gorgeous. Absolutely. So, what do? We, okay, what do we want to talk about next?
1: I don't know. I said something and now I've I forgot. I forgot
0: too, but I'll pick it up on the edit. <laughs> Why am I in the garage? <laughs>
1: I just got a text from my husband. Are you okay? Did
0: you forget uh, to tell him what you were doing today?
1: <laughs> I'm usually home uh two hours ago. <laughs> oh,
0: we should have Brian back on.
1: Yeah. What were we gonna talk about? No, I forgot. Oh,
0: no, I have to read the transcript. Sorry. It's been... I have to have a, Let's go I have to the transcript. I'll have to have somebody read it back to me.
1: Sorry. It's uh we do this at the end of the workday and you know, I'm barely sharp until about noon.
0: I've I barely sharp until about noon on Monday and yeah. then it is all downhill from yeah. there. So. Yeah.
1: So do you have big weekend plans?
0: I no I don't, but next week I have big Thursday plans. What's that? Big Thursday plans as a season ticket holder to our um theme park local uh-huh. locally here. Um we get a preview of the new Zambezi Zinger.
1: Oh my god! I'm so excited. So we're for that. going. We saw
0: it being built. when well, my oldest son and I went to World's Fun while his wife was um, back in Arizona visiting some of her family, and we saw it being built. And and it, you know, it's to me nothing will ever beat the original Zambezi Zinger. And this is, it's fine. It, it looks awesome. Mm-hmm. It's not really the same thing, other than maybe the the, the spiral up. thing. Yeah.
1: Well they have that tree there that everybody can hit when they come by Because <laughs> 'Cause I'm not riding it I, until I, that tree's there. I,
0: I, I'm 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 gonna hope not. <laughs> so
1: the actual Zambie zinger is somewhere in like Colombia. Yeah, or South America. Yeah. yeah,
0: I've I've looked that up before. Um do you remember the Shush boomer there? The little four person cars that went around?
1: Kind of.
0: Yeah, I'll have to see if I can find a picture we of
1: We weren't that. really big waf people.
0: We weren't we weren't either maybe a couple of times, maybe three or four times in my youth we went once once okay and is that the only time you've ever been there no i've been there with other okay. people okay okay so but
1: it was it but, was uncomfortable for dad to try to ride the ride well
0: yeah because he's 23 feet tall exactly i can relate <laughs> right i tried to ride the patriot the one of my favorites mm-hmm. there and we were in the front and i i couldn't i couldn't get the harness over me i mean i could have mm-hmm. but it would have it would have inhibited my ability to take in a full breath mm-hmm. and I, no, I can't do that. Yeah. No, that's, that's, I'm not really claustrophobic until that happens.
1: Right. Right up until that moment, <laughs> right
0: up until I am.
1: Yeah. So, um, dad couldn't write him because he was so, so too tall and mom had no interest in writing him. So it was like me and Craig running around.
0: <laughs> right, right. Well, my folks didn't really ride things either. My brother and I didn't. Um, of but course, there's a nine-year age difference uh, between the oh, that's two right. of <laughs> us. No, that's right. There's only a four-year <laughs> between us. Um, so, uh, so no, at any rate, so we're doing that on Thursday. And oh, then, that sounds so exciting. Then I'm taking that Friday off, so I'll have a long weekend for Memorial Day weekend. Nice. So what about you?
1: Um, this weekend, our friend who uh, recently was injured in a softball game is playing at playing music at a local bar
0: oh excellent and i
1: wondered if you guys if you wanted to go and listen to s- might, be supportive
0: we might be able to do that yeah. so yes excellent um all right so we don't know what we're going to talk about next we don't know when we're going to be on next we record 23 times a week but i can't seem to get anything, <laughs> anything
1: yeah so loaded welcome up.
0: So, um enjoy the five episodes that i'm going to drop all at once
1: and to our Ukrainian listeners, think about you all the time. I, we love you very much.
0: Right, which you don't know that because we haven't been on in five weeks. Right. So, but we have said it <laughs> every, every day. week.
1: Every day. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to tell everyone to stay safe and be well and that I love you.
0: And I want to tell everybody if you have a moment to give us a five star rating and uh-huh. maybe write something nice, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, if you do that and you send it to Stephanie at weekendmediagroup.com and you are in the upper 48 um we will send you a, a Nod pod coffee mug um filled with gratitude or stuff or something i don't know hopes and dreams yes hopes and dreams hopes and dreams love and prayers in any case we appreciate you keep an eye out um we're going to be launching a couple of websites and we have two new podcasts coming out So I look forward to hearing more about that as time goes on and have a great week or two or three or day.